Welcome to the Grace Story Podcast, where we introduce you to interesting people and their inspiring stories. From Grace professors, current students, and distinguished alumni, to special guests and speakers on our campus, you can meet new people and hear how they are impacting the world around them. This podcast is recorded and produced at Grace College and Seminary, located on the shores of Winona Lake in the great state of Indiana. This is the Grace Story Podcast. Today we're interviewing Joel Penton. Joel just spoke in chapel earlier today. He is a graduate of The Ohio State University, where he received his bachelor's degree in communications and competed as a defensive lineman for the Buckeyes football team. I think he's wearing a ring there That's that right. might show there was a national championship at one point in time. Uh, he turned down the opportunity to play in the NFL and turned to ministry instead and has been speaking across the nation for many years. In 2019, he founded LifeWise Academy, a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing Bible teaching for students within the public school system. He lives in Columbus with his wife, Bethany, and five children. Joel, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Okay, I can't mention the Ohio State University without just right. getting a little bit of your background sure. of like, where'd you grow up? How did how did football you know, even hit the radar? And then how did you get to Ohio State? Sure, well, thank you. I am from a small town, Northwest Ohio, so not too far from here, yeah, Van yeah. Wert. Oh, sure. Yeah, if we wanted a pair of jeans or I something. Toli- I grew up in Toledo, so oh, not yeah. far at all, yeah. Well, you know, people say, Van Wert, where's that? I say Northwest Ohio. They say, near Toledo, and I yeah. say, and that's two hours away. Yeah. They say, oh, near Dayton? No, that's another two hours away. <laughs> so it's m- middle of nowhere, near Fort Wayne, but uh, started playing football at the age of nine and just loved it. There wasn't a ton to do in my hometown. And so everybody was in sports. I did football, eventually did wrestling and, uh, the, yeah, the Lord blessed it. I mean, I, I loved it. And so I, you know, tried to work hard, but, uh, you know, the Lord made me six foot five yeah. and, and all of that. So I had an opportunity to go play for the Buckeyes. So did you wrestle and play football in high school? In high school, I did. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, the, so you uh, you get to Ohio State, you know, from small town Van Wert, Ohio. What were some of your sort of first, you know, on campus, a part of the program? What were some of your first like aha moments? Well, the life of a football player is pretty different because we are together so much. Uh, it's not really the the same as the other students, you know. Um, and so most of my experiences, I you know, I think of football, and I think that aha or the 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 moment was when I realized, like in high school, I was simultaneously often the biggest and the fastest guy on the field, and at Ohio State, I was neither. I was not the biggest, <laughs> and I was sometimes the slowest guy on the field. And so just that shock of wow, these guys are animals. I mean, it was it was really amazing, and. And then the time commitment as well. I mean, in high school, you know, you did practice, but at Ohio State, you know, we would have a couple hours of film before practice. We'd have practice, then film after practice, then training table. It's pretty intense. Wow. Uh, so 2002 is the the year where you got that ring that's on your finger. Am I correct? That's right. I was a I was a freshman that year, and I tell people that if they watch that historic game when we won in double overtime, then those who say they saw it, that we have two things in common. We both saw the game and neither of us played a single play because <laughs> I was a, I was a freshman. You still have the ring to prove That's it. right. I was on the team. Uh, what were some of, like, give a highlight for an on-field highlight for you during your time. Yeah. So my senior year, we um, were undefeated in the regular season. And so when we played Michigan, 
we were ranked number one in the country and they were ranked number two. Uh, some people dubbed it the game of the century, which mm-hmm. is hilarious because the century was six years old <laughs> at the time. Um, but that game, we ended up winning. And so the rivalry game earned the right to go to the national championship again. I had a sack in that game. I, I was going to say, I've seen the highlight of you sacking Chad sure. Hesse in there a, a couple times, yes. Yeah, so that, you know, and it, it was senior night, last game in the horseshoe, and so that, that was special. Uh, you won your senior year um, the humanitarian Heisman, named after Danny Warfel. Mm-hmm. What is that, and, and sort of what did that mean to you to receive that award? Well, it was a shock, um, and it was an extreme honor that to this day um, it's one of the more meaningful things that I've gotten to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were ranked number one throughout the season my senior year, and so it seemed like every week – you'd hear of a different guy winning an award, you know, like our quarterback won the Heisman and our linebacker won this and that. And, you know, and yeah, one day I get a, I get called into a coach's office to take a phone call and Danny Warfel, a former Heisman winner, is on the phone telling me that I won the award. And it was surreal. Uh, but even to this day, I go back to the ceremony every year. Many of the former winners go back and and a few of the guys and myself have been back every single year. It's wow. kind of a fraternity. It's pretty special. That's really neat. I didn't realize it was still sort of like a thing you continued to be a part of. That's really neat. Yeah, it's one of those things that um, there's such a like-minded group. When you play Division One football and you're so engaged in the community, often in ministry, like there's so many shared life experiences mm. that you don't, have those things in common with many people that you meet. In fact, you may never meet anyone with so much in common. And then there's that, now it's a whole group of guys just like that. And so mm-hmm. it's a really special and, uh, you know, interesting group. When in there did you know, like, hey, you know what? I, I don't think football is the future for me. I think ministry is the future for me. Yeah, well, I knew that before football was even a potential future. And I say that because I, I came to faith in high school as a freshman in high school, and I was n- not excelling on the football field at that point. I mean, I, I was okay, but there was no indication that I would get a scholarship or go to Ohio State. And coming to faith, it was very clear to me the connection between hearing the gospel message and being born again in, as a new creation. And it, right away, I had a passion to therefore share that message with anybody I could get to. And so I think even in high school, I was on a track to be in ministry. And I didn't know if that was going to be being a pastor or being an evangelist, or I I didn't know what that was going to be. But that's what my goals were. It wasn't until after that, that football really came together. But I, Mm -hmm. even when it did, it was very clear to me that was only for the purpose of giving me a platform to be able to share the gospel. Wow. What a great testimony right there and something <laughs> I wish all of our athletes would, you know, grow in their understanding of uh, mm-hmm. this is opportunity you have to be on the field is simply a larger platform from which to make Christ known. That's what it is. It is. Sports are great. Um, my kids are in sports, but we really, and my wife was a college athlete as right. well. She was a division one g- gymnast. Um, but we really try to emphasize for our kids what sports are about, you mm-hmm. know, that they are to prepare you for something greater, that if it becomes the the thing, it was never meant to be the thing, right? It's a training ground for right. character and hard work and uh, physicality. Um, but many of those things, 
it's those it's those aspects the the character and hard work that you take and apply then to the real world yeah. right and when sports becomes an end of its in and of itself it it gets really weird really fast yeah uh, so uh, after graduation you you start your ministry career what did those you know pre lifewise academy what did um ministry life look like for you and then, and then I'd love to hear sort of the genesis of hmm. LifeWise when it was when the light bulb kind of went off of like sure. I think there's this thing we could do. Yeah. Well, I my wife and I dis- we got married. We we're still in college, and we discussed going overseas even to do mission work. But we thought, no, we have this platform, um, the Ohio State thing. I, I, was, I had opportunities to travel and speak, and so we said, well, let's just for a little bit. I'll travel and speak and do evangelism. Well, that I, th- I thought, well, th- we'll just do this for a year, maybe two. But each and every year, more and more opportunities presented themselves. Soon we were scaling the traveling speaking ministry and bringing on other speakers, other musicians, mm. doing evangelism with public school students, doing a daytime school assembly followed by an evening outreach. And that was, it was going so well. I thought, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be my life. I'm going to build this speakers network, and we're going to share the gospel with kids in these events. And then that got upended when I was at the Van Wert County Fair, and a friend of mine, I ran into a friend of mine, and he said, Joel, I'm so glad I ran into you. Your name came up at a board meeting. I'm a part of a ministry that's a released time religious instruction ministry. His name's Tim. And I said, Tim, I, what is that? I don't know. What, what, is, what does that mean? He said, well, In 2012, so I live in Columbus now, he said, 2012, after you left, we started a program where we pull kids out of the school, the public school during the school day, we teach them a Bible lesson, and then we take them back to school. And I said, Tim, that sounds illegal. Like, I don't think think you can do that. And he said, no, you can. In fact, and he pointed out the Supreme Court has ruled on this. There are state laws about it. And And he explained to me that in Van Wert, they then had... 95% 95% of the entire school was enrolled wow. in the program getting a Bible lesson as part of their public school day. And he want, they wanted my help because I was in ministry to schools to help them kind of figure out how come they have this amazing program that's legal, but other communities don't have it. Mm. And in fact, most people have never even heard of it. And I tell people that's the day I gave up sleeping <laughs> because I thought, yeah, this is the single greatest missed opportunity. We got to figure this out. We concluded that there's just so many barriers to entry to start one of these because you basically have to start a private school. You, mm. you got to get a facility and transportation funding, all that. We said, what if we put the tools together and we removed the barriers and we made a model that was replicable so communities wouldn't need to reinvent the wheel that's how LifeWise was born. We started in 2019, and it's been a wild ride since. So you, you talked about it, um, how early on your goal was to you know be in 25 schools by 2025. That's right, 25 by 25. Uh, so you know, how's it going? Uh, very well, <laughs> too too well maybe. Yeah. So in, tw- in we launched in 2019 with two schools. Amidst the pandemic, we grew to a few more, and we said, yeah, we said this is going great. Let's dream big, 25 by 25. And the very next year in 2021, we were serving 36 schools. <laughs> and so we said, okay, we're bad at making goals. <laughs> and we set new goals. Um, but long story short, today or this school year, we'll be serving 336 schools across 15 states. And uh, we're just trying to keep up with 
what God's doing. And I think you said, you know, by the end of the year, uh, you hope to be, you know, presenting gospel messages and lessons to about 35,000 K through 12 students. Yeah, that's, that's what we anticipate right now. Live classes happening this week are happening in over 270 schools, but many more will be rolling out uh, up to that 336 by the end of the school year. And yeah, we anticipate over 35,000 students this year. So just talk through us logistically, like uh, what does it look like? What is If you have a LifeWise Academy in your town connected to your elementary school, yeah. like what does that look like on a weekly basis? On a weekly basis, I'll just give you an example, and it'll be the most extreme example for fun. So in Defiance, Ohio, they have an elementary school that has 1,000 students in the elementary school, and 900 of them are in LifeWise. Wow. And so five times a day, five days a week, a 72-passenger bus pulls up to the school. Two classrooms at a time, two classrooms get on the bus. It drives them less than a mile to the YMCA where they go into two separate classrooms, get their lesson, Bible lesson, get back on the bus, go back to the school, pick up another group, and it goes like that all week long. Every week of the school year, 900 kids roll through. So in the same way a kid gets art class once a week, now they have a Bible class once a week, and we have a local director, we have a local board, and then we have local teachers and an army of volunteers. That's amazing. That is just amazing. So if someone... Let me ask this quick. So in Indiana, right? We're, yeah. You, you spoke in chapel today. We're in Indiana. So uh, I think you said Indiana is your second largest right. state. It's a it's a growth potential area for you for sure. in LifeWise. Um, and a lot of our alumni and connections would be in Indiana. If, if somebody wanted to think about or explore or talk about what would this look like in my hometown, yes, what would they do? Well, they need to make their way to our website. That's the best way, or YouTube, but go to our website, watch some videos, learn more. You can learn about the curriculum. You can learn a variety of things. But before you leave the website, be sure to click on Find Your School. We've made it so that anybody, no matter the level of involvement they'd like to have, anybody can get the ball rolling. You can find your school. And the way we get these things started is through a 10-step launch process. And the first step is collecting 50 signatures. It's like a petition. And so you can find your school, and there's there's already a web page for every school district in the nation. Mm-hmm. And you could just add your name, saying, yeah, I would like to see this in my district, and then share that link with family, with friends, and just see God's people rise up. When people think about what it takes to pull it off, you just heard the example from Defiance. You know, they think, I could never do that. And we would say, you're right. You can't do that. <laughs> you need a lot of friends. And so start with collecting the 50 signatures, and then we'll form a steering committee, and, you know, we'll be off to the races, but God will raise up the right people. And you mentioned that, you know, uh, it is throughout all sorts of schools, right? You've got some yes. inner city schools, you have some bourbon schools, you have rural schools. Um, it, is, it is across the spectrum. That's exactly right. So inner city Columbus, in fact, the highest crime rate neighborhood in all of Columbus, Ohio, we have a program right there. Uh, the most affluent, most religiously diverse suburbs of Columbus, we have live programs. And then, of course, in many small rural communities, Programs And now we're seeing them pop up in other states. We just had our first kind of introductory kickoff gathering in Los Angeles, of all places. And so we've, we've received interest from all 50 states. We are trusting the Lord to, to spread this thing. You know, we know it's not us. He's, he's doing amazing things. But 
we feel like the concept has been proven, and we know there's 13,000 public school districts, 90,000 public school buildings, 50 million Mm -hmm. students, and we can no longer come up with a good reason why we shouldn't try to make it available to all of them. So some people could think about what does it look like to start this in my community. Yes. Uh, so others might say, I just want to, I want to pray and support. Yes. Um, what What could they pray about? How could they support? Well, we talk about three things. We need advisors, connectors, and funders. And so we're figuring this out as we go. To our knowledge, nobody's done this exact thing. And so there's not a, you know, we're writing the book as we do it. And we love to hear from people. We love advice. You know, tell us, help us, you know, figure it out. Connectors, the biggest obstacle we face is that people simply don't know. To this day, when I tell people the story, when I explain the concept, typically they think I'm either lying or crazy because they think, no, separation of church and state. You know, so we need people spreading the word, connecting us to the right people. And as you would imagine, it's going to take some dollars <laughs> to get this done. As we talk about 13,000 school districts, it's going to take um, it's going to take donations and yeah. so th- that can all be done on our website. It was really neat this morning at chapel right before uh, we were to start a, a, the student who was leading worship, she came up and said, I've heard of LifeWise Academy. My my hometown's trying to hire me to come back and <laughs> yeah. and work at LifeWise. Are you a part of it? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I am a part of it. It was just neat to see even our students uh, being familiar with LifeWise, not necessarily familiar with you. Right, right. Um, and uh, just to see how you know they have been able to be engaged and impacted, and we need more of that. And, and that's it, that's really fun when we see that because it's not about LifeWise, right? Like, who cares about our logo? Who cares about our data systems and our you know like? But it's about a movement of Bible education getting back into the public school day. You know, decades ago, we systematically removed the Bible from the public school day. And here's an opportunity that almost no one knows about to put it back in. Mm. And so we are envisioning almost a revolution of sorts. And if we can be a part of that, great. But again, it's not about us. And yes, to see the spread, I was on that that plane ride I was referencing when I was talking to Kondo beside me. (laughs) The woman behind me said, are you guys talking about LifeWise? And I said, yeah. She said, oh, my daughter's in that, and she's in Columbia City, wow. uh, Indiana. So um, to see the spread and to see it as a movement is exciting. All right, so ways to connect, uh, just Google LifeWise Academy. That's You'll right. get on the website. You can navigate yourself from there. Any way, other good ways to get connected? I'm sure you're on all the socials and, and those type of things. Yeah, all of that. But yeah, the best is the website. Yeah. The best is YouTube. And the best thing to do is to make sure you fill out one of those forms, even if it's just saying, yeah. I'd love to see this in my community because then you'll you'll stay in the loop. You'll get some emails and you'll know what's happening. Thanks for being on our campus, for uh, connecting with students, um, and I know even this afternoon, hopefully connecting with some local pastors as well, and for the, the way the Lord is using you and your team and your story uh, to make an impact for the gospel, which is what it's ultimately about. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. It's been uh, fun to to partner with like-minded brothers and sisters. Amen. Well, and thanks to everyone for listening to the Grace Story podcast today. Thanks to Rick and Avery for their work in producing it. We'd love to have you like it, share it, subscribe, share this with others so they can be uh, inspired. If you have questions, comments, anything you'd like to share with us, you can email us at podcast at grace.edu. Until next time, live your best Grace Story today.